Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Good morning. How are we all doing this morning? We're doing well? You're looking good? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're looking good today. What a fine-looking bunch we have at Life Community Church. Well, we've got a special couple in the house this morning. Every, every couple's special. But we've got a very recent bride and groom with us that have just returned from honeymoon. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome back Friday and Nonya have just been married for how long? Friday, how long have you been married for? Two weeks. Two weeks! <laughs> Amazing and they just got back, this is commitment friends, they got back from their honeymoon, when Nonya? Yesterday. And where are they the following morning? In the house of God. Come on, let's give it up for them again. It's great to see you. Grab your seats. And we know that God's blessing us over you. We're going to see some great things from this couple, friends. Pray for them. Go and give them hugs later on. Well, big welcome to all of you. A big welcome to everyone listening at home on our podcast as well. So it's my privilege today to continue in our series of Days of Elijah. And if you were here last week, you would have heard that Dave brought a brilliant message on Elijah reviving the widow's son who died and Elijah brought back to life. If you weren't here, don't worry. And just a little bit of a plug, every single one of our messages are recorded on podcast. They're online. So if you want to check out our messages, go on our website, life-cc.org. Go to resources, and there you'll see every single one of our messages in date order. So the most recent first. So I encourage you, why not when you're washing up, walking to work, taking the dog for a walk, go and listen to the podcast because it will do you good and it will bless you. And if you're not here, it's a good way to catch up as well. So today we're going to be talking about, my title is actually called Make Up Your Mind. Turn to your neighbour and say, Make Up Your Mind. Now, a few weeks ago, We saw that our kids went to kids camp and actually Dave and I were in the fortunate position that all three of our children were at kids camp. So we didn't have any children for six days. The parents that you you know what I mean, you're with me. So we thought Dave turned to me and said, we've got quite a rare opportunity here, Leanne. Shall we go for a date? Married 16 years, let's go for a date. We don't get to get out much, me and Dave. It is true. So we thought, let's take this opportunity. So Dave said, how about we go for a curry? 
Dave's favourite food, curry. I have acquired a taste over 16 years of being married to a curry fan. So Dave said, there's a great restaurant, it's new, we'll go there. So we went and they sat us down and the waiters came, they put the napkins. Then they gave us the menu and said, here it is, we'll be back in just a few moments. So I opened the menu of this Indian restaurant. And do you ever do this or is it just me? I gazed at this menu for about five minutes, reading nothing, just, just staring. Nothing was really going in at all. I was none the wiser after five minutes what I actually wanted. And very soon, the waiter arrived and he said, have you made up your mind? Are you ready? Which Dave, Dave he was done. He knew exactly. He was nodding. And I said, oh, no. Can you come back in two minutes? For which those two minutes soon passed. And he came back and he said, have you decided what are you having from the menu? And because I still couldn't decide, I still couldn't make up my mind, I ended up choosing one of the most plainest, simplest options on the menu. I think it was like a chicken tikka. Nothing wrong with chicken tikka, people. But compared to the rest of the menu... He looked at me and he said, Madam, after all that time of making up your mind, you've gone for that. He said, are you not sure you want to be a little bit more adventurous? At which I said, okay, you choose for me. So he did. He said, okay, Madam, I suggest, I recommend that you have this certain dish. I said, okay, I'm taking your word for it. I'll have it. The dish came. It was a good choice, people. If you want to know what the dish was, ask Dave, because I can't remember the name of it. He'll let you know it was spot on. We said to the, the, the waiter, we will be back here again. Very good. But I had to make up my mind. And apparently, on an average day, you have to make up your mind 35,000 times. That's how many decisions you make on an average day. Even now, in this moment, you're making up your mind whether you're going to listen to me for the next few minutes or think about your dinner or what you're doing this afternoon. You're making up your mind right now. 35,000 times a day, you get to make up your mind. And you see, today, as we continue looking and Elijah, we meet Elijah in a situation where he is saying to the children of Israel, it's time to make up your mind. This is time to make up your mind. You see, here's what's going on. And I want to give you a backdrop in case you've not been with us the last few weeks. Elijah was a prophet. A prophet in the Bible was a messenger so a prophet would have a message from God and it would be their responsibility to go deliver that message. And Elijah had various messages from God. But there were these people called the children of Israel. Who were they? Well, the children of Israel were the descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. These were key people right at the beginning of the Old Testament in the Bible. And Jacob had 
12 sons. Joseph, the technical colour dream coat, was one of his boys. And Joseph had 11 brothers. And they became the 12 tribes of Israel. They were broken down into 12 tribes. And those tribes were called the children of Israel. And they were God's special people. They were God's chosen people. They were God's ecclesia. And the word ecclesia means called out. God had set the children of Israel apart from every other people group. And he said, these people, you see these people, the children of Israel, they are my people. And if they follow me, I will do incredible things. People will look at them and will say, I want to be like them. I want to be part of the children of Israel because their God is with them and their God is mighty. So that was the children of Israel. But you see, the children of Israel, they were living in a time where there were lots of other people and they were living with other people that didn't necessarily believe what they believed. Ever feel like you're living with a lot of people that don't necessarily believe what you believe. It's challenging. It's tough. Sounds a bit like our will today, doesn't it? And you see, they were living with people who worshipped another God. This God was called Baal. Turn to the person next to you and say, Baal. Not Baal. Baal. B-A-A-L. Baal. Go on, turn to your neighbour. And you see, there were these prophets who, Elijah was a prophet, but they had their prophets too. And their prophets were called the prophets of Baal. And you see, here's what happened. The king at that time was called King Ahab. He was a nasty piece of work. His wife, Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, was an even nastier piece of work. And when they got married, she bore her God with her. She was a Phoenician. She was from the land of Philistines. And the Philistines worshipped a god called Baal. And Baal was a Canaanite god. And they believed, Jezebel and the Phoenician people, that Baal was the god of, check this out, rain, thunder, lightning, and dew. Rain, thunder, and lightning. That's who they believed the God of Baal was. So I guess if they wanted rain, guess who they'd be speaking to? If they wanted lightning, guess who they'd be having a chat with? Baal. That was who they worshipped. And Queen Jezebel, you see, she demanded that everybody worshipped her God. Everybody. I don't care, children of Israel. If you say you've got another God called Yahweh, called Jehovah, you're worshipping my God. And he's called Baal. And she was tough. If people refused, she'd kill them or she'd imprison them. She was the wrong woman to get on the wrong side of. And in addition, she also had another God, which was Asherah. And Asherah was the female version of Baal. So we've got Baal. And we've got Asherah. And if you live in my land, under Queen Jezebel and King Ahab, that's who you worship. 
But obviously, we find that Elijah, he's having none of it. I am not worshipping your God. And we've gone through the story and lots went on. There was a drought and all sorts of things. And Elijah held on to his God. And we meet them in 1 Kings chapter 18. And basically, King Ahab and Elijah come head to head. And they have a confronting conversation. Ever had a confronting conversation with someone? Where you're like, this is the make or break now. This is it. This is the time of truth. And the tone of the conversation was basically this. Okay, said Elijah, you bring your boys. You bring your 450 prophets of Baal. You bring them to the mountain called Carmel. I'll bring, oh, I'll bring me. Because <laughs> there's nobody else at the moment who I can see who worships my God, Yahweh. So you bring your boys 450, I'll bring me, and let's do this thing. Let's settle this once and for all on Mount Carmel, and let's see whose God wins. Come on, let's do this. What a challenge. Oh, my word. What a challenge. And this is exactly where we're going to jump in. So are you ready? Put your seatbelts on, children. Put your belts on. This is a good story. So 1 Kings chapter 18, we're going to be going in at verse 20. It's on the screen or follow it in your Bibles. Here we go. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. Let's pause. You see, the word falter here in Hebrew language is really interesting. Because it's like describing a lame man. It's describing someone that's limping back and forth like a lame man. I need two children to come and help me. Andre, let's give it up for Andre. Come on up, Andre. And Sophia, come on up. You see, I want you to get this. Andre, come over here. Sophia, hold that up. Nice and high so everyone can see it. Squeezing over here a bit, Andre. Up nice and high. It's a bit like this is what Elijah was saying. How long are you going to keep running between two opinions? One day, on Monday, you're worshipping the Lord God. You believe in the Lord God. You trust in the Lord God. But then on Tuesday, you've suddenly changed your mind again. And actually now, you're looking at Baal. You're asking him to help you. And then Wednesday comes, but then Thursday, you think, hang on a minute, I've made a mistake. I need to be trusting Yahweh, the Lord God. And then Friday, you don't have a very good day. And then on Saturday, you want some rain. So hang on a minute, you decide, no, 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 I'm going back to Baal. I'm, go I'm going back over here. And then Sunday comes, and you're not quite sure. 
So you decide to stand in the middle. How long, children of Israel, will you falter, limp, jump between two opinions? Who is God? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. And Elijah is saying, children of Israel, it's time to make up your mind. It's time to go one to the other. If you're deciding to worship Baal, you stick here. You don't move from here. If you decide you're worshipping Yahweh and you're following his ways, that's where you set up camp. You don't move. The middle ground, it's not an option. It's out the game. You set up camp permanent with one God or another. But enough of this faltering. Enough of this indecision. Children of Israel, it's time to make up your mind. And that is where the challenge is. That is why Elijah and King Ahab have gathered on Mount Carmel. You see, they were stuck in split loyalty. Split loyalty. One time they were with Yahweh. The next week they were with Baal. Then they were back with Yahweh. Split loyalty. But even Jesus himself in Matthew 6 verse 24 says these words. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. No one can serve two. We can only serve one. So children of Israel, it's time to make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? Have you ever found yourself in split loyalty? Have you ever found yourself drifting from one master to another? You see, you might say, but Leanne, I, I don't believe in Baal. I don't believe in a canine god of rain, thunder and storm. But actually, I dare say that each of us can set up Baals in our lives. You can set up a Baal. I can set up a Baal. We're not believing in a canine God, but maybe we get tempted to put our trust and our allegiance, our fellowship in money. Status. Education. Popularity. How many thumbs up you've got on Facebook? How many likes on your profile? Maybe your bow is set up through your career. That's what you'll follow over here. You'll follow your career paths. Maybe your bow is finding acceptance in whoever will offer that acceptance to you. You see, the question is, you and me, 
We've all got to make up our mind. We can't serve two. There's no place for two. You see, the Lord God, Yahweh, does not share his throne with anyone. There's not room for two on his throne. There's only one driving seat in your life. There's not two. So there's only room for one person to be in the seat of your life that's taking the reins, not two. So we're going to continue at verse 22. Thank you, Daniel. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let us give them two balls and let them choose one ball for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. Put no fire under it and I will prepare the other ball and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you'll call on the name of your gods, I'll call on the name of my God, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry out loud, for he is a god. Either he's meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. Hear the sarcasm? So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seeds of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. He was making it so difficult, friends. So difficult. 
And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood, stones and dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. You see, Elijah made, he set himself up, he made it so that his sacrifice, when the fire came down, all the glory would go to God, all the honour. You see, we read that story and we haven't got time to pull it apart this morning. But what a miracle. What a miracle happened on Elijah's altar. The fire came down and burnt up the sacrifice. But here's the thing. It wasn't about the miracle. It was nothing to do with the miracle, but who the miracle points to. Elijah didn't care about the miracle, but he wanted the people to see it's God, it's Yahweh. That's who the miracle points to. See, the revelation revealed the miracle. And God did the miracle so that the people would come back to him. I need one more volunteer. Come on up, Isabella. Let's give it up for Isabella, shall we? Do you want to hold that? You see, Elijah was telling the children of Israel that God wants you to come home. God wants you to come back to him. It's time to make up your mind and to come home. God was telling the people through Elijah that I want to be your first and I want to have all of your heart. It's time to make up your mind. Thanks, God. You can all go and sit down. Let's give it up for the children. Thanks, guys. And just like God wanted the children of Israel to come home, just like it was time for them to make up their mind, the word that God has just put on my heart through this story today is that for many of us here, it's time for you to make up your mind. It's time for you to make a decision. For some of you, it's time today to make up your mind, who are you serving? Is it Yahweh? Is it the Lord God? Or are you going to serve your own thing? Are you going to follow whatever other God 
you choose to raise up in your life. And we make up our mind firstly by simply get to the point of decision, of decide, who am I going to follow? For some of you, maybe you've been doing this split loyalty thing. And here's the thing. It wasn't that the children of Israel didn't believe in God. They did, but they weren't following God. And I might be speaking to a whole bunch of people this morning who believe in him, but maybe you've still got split loyalties. Maybe there's areas, there's things where you just know, I need to decide to make up my mind. I need to decide to follow God completely. And see, we can make a decision, but here's the second thing. We need to determine in our hearts that that's what we're going to follow on through. You see, feelings will fail. We can make a decision, and then a few days later, the feelings have gone. We remember the decision, but we don't feel like following the decision of what we've made up our mind concerning. And it's a bit like this. We need to determine ahead of time how we're going to live, how we're going to follow God. Imagine you're on a diet. Imagine you wanted to eat healthy. But then imagine you went to Sainsbury's and you bought yourself a big double chocolate ghetto. Some of you are salivating now as I speak. And you put it in the fridge and you said, I'm not going to eat it. It's just to look at, because it takes me to a happy place. Gives me a happy feeling when I look at the chocolate gatto, but I'm not going to eat it. Okay, we'll give that a few days. But then maybe here's the thing, one day you think, one little spoon of that chocolate gatto would not hurt me. Would it? Would it, Ricky? One little spoon. So you might take one little spoon of that chocolate ghetto, but then you think this teaspoon, it's not got a lot of weight to it. I need to get a tablespoon instead. And then the tablespoon, it's a bit messy. I need to get a knife and fork so I can have a proper slice. And maybe within a little time, that decision that you made of eating healthy, of trying to lose weight, is gone. It's gone because here's the thing. You didn't determine. You didn't determine in your heart. As soon as you put that chocolate cake in your basket, you didn't determine you were going to follow. And for some of us friends, we need to to determine how we're going to follow God. For some of you, Jesus is asking you today, are you going to determine to make up your minds about me? So eliminate the chocolate cake in your life. Get rid of the chocolate cake. Maybe for some of us, we've got to block some stuff on our phone. We've got to get some stuff off the laptop. We've got to stop sitting down by ourselves at night with the TV on. There's certain people we need to cut friendships off. There's certain places we could go. We can't go anymore. We need to eliminate the chocolate cake. There's certain conversations you're having. 
You need to make up your mind. You're not having them anymore. You're not even going to enter in. It's not even going to go in your basket. You're not even going to walk down that aisle. You're eliminating the chocolate cake for some of you. The thoughts of anxiety, of fear, you need to start eliminating them. When the thoughts come, when the fear comes, here's what you do. You get the word. You open the word and you start speaking out the word. You start prophesying over your own life. You take your hand, you anoint your own head. You pray for yourself. You get that CD, you put it on. You start leading yourself into worship. You determine, I know how God is calling me to live now. And that is what I'm going to do. But you can only do that. How? Through determine. And then finally, you've got to die. How do you think Elijah felt on Carmel, on his Todd, facing 450 prophets? I'll tell you how he felt. He felt scared. Do you know how I know that? Because in James 5.17, it says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Would you have felt scared on Carmel? Yeah, so did Elijah. Did he maybe wonder what he'd got himself into? Yeah. But here's the difference. He took the dare. He took the dare. He'd made a decision. He'd determined it in his heart. And he took the dare. I'm going through with this. I'm following Yahweh. I'm following the God of Israel. And for some of you, you're standing right on the edge of the ledge. You've got to take a dare. It's time to make up your mind. Some of you are sitting on decisions. Stop faffing, make the decision and step out. Some of you keep holding back because the ifs, the buts, the maybes. Forget it. If God said it, do it. Take the dare. Make up your mind. You'll be kicking the same can in two years if you don't make up your mind. And take the action and take the dare. If Elijah was a man, woman like you, and God was with him, same God. Yesterday, today, and forever. It's either true or it's not. You see, either all of God is true or none of God is true. There's no in-between friends. But we live our lives. We live our lives believing, well, maybe some of God is true. Like maybe, maybe God will provide 60% of what I need and somehow or another, I need to conjure up the other 40. Or maybe yeah, God was ever so good last year, but I just don't quite think that he can live it up this year for me. No, either all of what God says is true or none of it's true. And for some of you, you're living lukewarm. It's like, mm, maybe, maybe I'll follow God. Maybe I'll see how I'm feeling. Maybe I'll give. Maybe I'll serve. Maybe I'll dare. 
But today, church, it's time to make up your mind. It's time to act on what's already in your heart. It's time to do what you know the Holy Spirit has already been prompting you to do. Right now, I'm sitting on something in my life and I'm saying, God, if you don't come through, I'm down the creek without a paddle. But I'm going to dare to believe. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to determine in my heart. And I'm going to dare to believe. Because God, I'm all in. I'm all in with Yahweh. It's 100% of Yahweh or 0% of Yahweh. I'm all in. I'm all in. Stand up all over this place. Let's get to our feet this morning. And I want to speak real quick to every Christ follower here. Christ followers, look at me. What's the Holy Spirit saying? What do you need to make up your mind about? What do you need to make a decision about? Determine about? And what do you need to dare concerning? Because now's your time. This year's the year. Don't keep pushing the same can year in and year out. Don't be like the children of Israel, a 14-day journey, 40 years it took them. Should have took 14 days. They needed to make up their mind that they were all in with Yahweh. So Christ follow our challenger this morning. What's the Spirit saying? Do something about it. Go home. Action it. Write it down. Make the phone call. Make the plans financially. It's time to dare. And maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, I don't really know too much about this God. Don't really know if I want to dare to follow him anyway. But despite all those questions, there's a little voice deep down and it's saying, but maybe you do. Maybe it is your time to dare. Well, just in a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you because I'd love to give you an opportunity to get on board with the journey, to start the race, to start daring to follow this incredible God, this God we've been singing about at your name, at your name that angels worship. That's the God I'm going to invite you to follow today so God I want to pray just put your hands out in front of you friends be in a position to receive open your hearts don't be a spectator in this moment be a participator so God I pray for your people this morning for every Christ follower and I ask Holy Spirit would you help them to make up their mind would you help them to engage with the journey, to engage with the steps. Father, to take the dare moves, to make the decisions to live their life in a way that determines on the good days and the bad days that they're going to follow you, that they're all in with the God of Israel, that they're 100% in for those that have been faltering and limping, 
In Jesus' name, we say, may that season be over today. In Jesus' name, faltering, be gone. Indecision, be gone. But set your people free to make up their mind. To make up their minds. I'm going to lead us down a prayer to invite Jesus into the driving seat of our life. I'm going to say it out loud. And I want to invite all of us to say that prayer to encourage one another. But especially for you, if you're going to say that prayer for the first time, God is listening. God is listening because he's longing to connect with you. So let's repeat this together. Dear God, thank you that you love me. Thank you you want to be part of my life. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. To forgive me from all my wrong. I ask that you would forgive me. Come into the driving seat of my life. Let me live the rest of my life with you. And let me see miracles in my world. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give our Lord an applause. He deserves it. He deserves it. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.